Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Colin, and this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional, Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Hello, welcome to episode 202. Hello. (laughs) We have been putting out content for almost two years now. Yeah, Tuesday will be two year our two-year anniversary. It's been a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were just discussing that I think on previous episodes I had been saying almost three years. So <laughs> that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two years. 2019 is when we started just before the pandemic and everything changed. Uh, and you know, but but through all that we do want to thank you, our listeners and our producers who are our Patreon supporters, as well as today's sponsor, Petsters Associates. So today we're talking about our thoughts on hiring because we are looking to be doing that very soon and it's really on our mind a lot. Yeah, well, plus we've recently talked about scaling back on episode 198 and we ran a poll and on Facebook and Instagram and several people voted that they were scaling down. And interestingly, one of the people who voted that they were scaling down, we know was just recently trying to hire a few months ago, but they started saying that they couldn't find anybody. Which is so different than what people were saying last year. It seems like the tables have really turned now, where last year there wasn't a whole lot of work, but people were really interested in in being hired to be a dog walker. But now it's that there's so many clients and we are so busy, but we're having to turn people away because we can't find good help. Yeah, back on episode 108, we actually interviewed Amber Van Denzen Suarez and Mary Beth about hiring and how it was going for them through the pandemic. And they basically talked about how they were awash with people applying, and they actually had to set up brand new systems to deal with the influx of applicants. So what's changed in the interim? Why is there this difference? There are several reasons, but here in the U.S., there were a lot of benefits that were rolled out over the past year because of the pandemic, and many people also decided that it was time to make a career change. And also, wages have been slow to rise as well. So now the power lies with the employees. So people are being a lot more picky, a lot more choosy of what they want and with their specific pay that they want as well. The higher pay is a real sticking point for businesses. If you are unable to pay that rate, most people will pass over you, unfortunately. And even if you are able to offer the fun of playing with dogs and being outside. and <laughs> However, some people are saying that that's great that I get to play with dogs. I love that aspect, but I'd like to earn $17 an hour. To highlight this, uh, I looked at a recent hiring ad for a Walmart and Amazon distribution center here near Kansas City, and people are getting paid 26 bucks an hour. So sure, it's grueling work, but it's almost $30 an hour. And yeah, that's Walmart, a multi-billion dollar business. But unfortunately, that's who we are now competing against. That's the current job market. Well, but companies like ours can't compete with that. Small mom and pops... We we can't do that. So what do you have to do? You have to pitch the other benefits of the job, not just the pay and the fun of being with dogs. Most of us didn't get in this industry for the pay. However, the people that we are trying to hire, they are looking for pay. So what are the added benefits that we can provide to them? I think you have to pitch training and advancement opportunities. You have got to pitch that they aren't just going to stay in the same position where they are right now forever. That's kind of a bleak outlook for many people. So outline a roadmap of learning expectations, basically showing after six months, these are the things that you'll know. 
after a year, these are the other things and how I'm going to get you there. And that's a great way for them to see and be part of the process. They'll be able to maybe attend conferences or take behavior courses, or will they be able to get reimbursed for college courses on animal behavior or something like that? Or maybe they can attend a local business group event on marketing and communication or the Chamber of Commerce. There are so many opportunities that you can do with them. And also think about volunteer opportunities as well. Maybe as a company, you want to every other Saturday, you want to volunteer at the local Humane Society or volunteer at the farmer's market passing out dog biscuits or something like that. Yeah, the benefits of values that your company has and the core values that you maintain, that is something that not just we need to be communicating to our clients, but also the employees that we are trying to attract. Help them see how they can be connected with you and help be part of a bigger vision that they can help shape and continue pushing forward. Basically, whatever you can do to plan out And think of what things that you can provide for them so that they can see that you are investing in them. And that's also a great reminder that when you hire, no one will be totally perfect. Even you are not totally perfect. (gasps) What? Well, (laughs) (laughs) but that's why having a training progression lined out is so helpful because it allows you to see where each candidate will fit and where they are in the progression timeline and what you want for them. It's also a great way for them to know as well. So they're not left in the dark of, oh, after I've been here a year and I'm still just walking dogs or I I haven't gotten any advancement opportunities. When will you stop coming along on walks with me and let me do them by myself? Yeah, Yeah. The more communication that you can have with them as far as their job duties and when they're going to have independence is really going to be beneficial to them. Right. Well, that's really important for the second part here of other benefits that you can offer is cross-training. I know that's something that Meg and I are really interested in pursuing for our first hire. We think it's really important to work on cross-training people that you hire because you'll be able to train them not just on the pet care, but also on the booking and the social media aspect and the accounting and and making a more well-rounded position. Plus, you as the business owner get more benefit out of one person instead of having to hire someone for communication and another for the accounting and another for admin and a dog walker. You can basically hire two people, cross-train them, and you'll be getting a lot more productivity out of each one of them. A lot of us walkers and sitters don't have eight hours of full dog walking work for our staff members to do anyway. So at least in the beginning, they're able to actually get utilized. They can walk the three to four walks you have or one to two, whatever you have available for them. And then the rest of the time, they can work in Canva creating your posts for the rest of the day or for the coming week or whatever you have outlined for them. Or they can be returning phone calls or doing boots on the ground with flyers and community building with other businesses. And obviously, it's a lot for some people to do and remember, and very few staff will be as passionate about your business as you are. But once they see that you value them as a part of the team and that you are entrusting things with them and giving them independence, it's really going to help them and their morale within your company. And then showing them every little thing that you do will really help you in the end as well. And I know you may be hearing this and thinking, well, you may have some reservations about this idea, but don't be afraid of teaching them everything and then have this fear of them leaving and stealing your clients and starting their own company. Living with that kind of fear will limit 
your growth. At some point, you will need to trust others, and we will have to trust others with that. And I know that is scary because this idea of cross-training really makes it seem like you're showing them everything that your business does. But at the end of the day, remember when we talk about what's the secret sauce to your business? You. You. That's you. You cannot be recreated. You cannot be duplicated. So even though you may show them how you like to create social media posts and show them how you like to book new clients, that doesn't mean that they can recreate your entire business from soup to nuts. A third benefit to consider is beyond the cross-training and promotions is you may have to look into insurance for them. It's probably not going to be full health coverage, although I'm sure a lot of people would like that. But look what the cost to have a company dental plan or a company vision plan is. Those are much cheaper than the full health coverage or some other things that you come up with that are really going to entice people. I will say that having a life insurance policy is relatively cheap and, again, is something that you could have on there as a benefit for working for you. And then also workers' compensation. You need to discuss that if, if that's something you want to provide to them and then have that conversation with them and tell them how they are covered if they're injured. And I know you may be listening right now going, but all you two are talking about is spending money, money, money. But we don't have any money. We don't have any money at all. I think we have to get back to the root of this discussion, which is actually money. So what are your prices? Can, can we afford all of this kind of discussion of maybe we're so busy, but can we actually afford bringing on an employee? And so we really have to look at breaking all the numbers out. There's a reason why a solo sitter can charge $12 for a 30-minute walk, while the pet sitting company with staff has to charge $23 to make a profit. So for example, you have to know the price of your walk. What do I have to charge to cover all of my expenses plus the profit that I want for me so I can pay myself? And that's a lot of work. But knowing those numbers is where the power comes in, not just for decision making, but for knowing how you're going to structure all of this. So what are these expenses that we're talking about? Well, you've got the hourly wage for the employee. You've got any insurance that you're providing. You've got to pay for workers' comp. Taxes at the federal, state, and local level. Remember, for our staff, we're withholding money sometimes for them. And don't forget about any benefits that you're providing. So those opportunities that you have for first aid training, fear free certification, which they, again, just as a reminder, they have a new pet sitter fear free certification program that's available. Those paying for those has to come from somewhere. So we have to price that into what we charge. And obviously, the workers' comp, the insurance, the hourly wage for the employee are going to go under the umbrella of the employee. If you have independent contractors, you will likely still want to provide them with a minimum first aid training. It's also important to think about if you're going to cover mileage or gas. You, I don't think you can do both. It's one or the other. If you are looking to hire, insurance is a must. And as pet care professionals, your clients trust you to care for their furry family members. Pet Sitters Associates is here to help. For over 20 years, Pet Sitters Associates has provided thousands of members with quality pet care insurance. If you work in the pet care industry or want to make your passion for pets into a profession, you can take your career to the next level with flexible coverage options, client connections, and complete freedom in running your business. 
Learn why Pet Sitters Associates is the perfect fit for you and get a free quote today at PetSitLLC.com. You can get a discount when joining by clicking Membership Pet Sitter Confessional and use the discount code CONFESSIONAL at checkout to get $10 off today. Check out the benefits of membership and insurance once again at PetSitLLC.com. So how do we set our prices to cover everything that we've discussed? Do you raise them before or after you bring on your staff member? Because you will have more expenses with them. I think you should raise your prices beforehand and then hire so you can prove there's a market for the price that you need for the person that you're bringing on. You want to prove the profitability of something like $25 instead of charging $19, hiring someone, and then having to raise to $25 and losing clients or finding out that there's no market or appetite for that. Because again, you still have to meet the minimum wage, X number of dollars for workers' comp, depending on where you are, and everything else on top of that that we've discussed, like taxes and insurance. Basically, figure between 12 and 15% above the minimum wage so that you know what you need to charge to cover all those expenses for that staff member. So if you bring somebody on at $10 an hour, that's your base. Many of us are looking to pay more than that, but let's just say $10 an hour because that makes our math easy. And, And yes, For many of us, it's easier to communicate a per-hour rate versus a per-service pay. And most people looking for jobs understand the per-hour base rate. So you will have to decide what the minimum number of hours for the week will be and see if they're okay with that. So back to our $10 an hour. If we're we're paying $10 an hour and we're adding that's maximum 15% here, so now we're looking around... $13, let's just say, to give a little bit of leeway. But you still need to make a profit of, what, 40-50%? So we're adding an additional 7 bucks. So right now, we're already at 20 bucks for that walk to pay for that staff member with plenty of margin in there for changes, errors, or whatever. And I might add this is very important, have some headroom for pay raises in the future. Because that's something else is going to help you keep and retain staff and attract ones for new hires is that you do have a way to give raises throughout the year and allow for cost of living adjustments periodically. And that's why annual small price increases are good for your company, whether even if you're solo or have staff either way, (laughs) because it allows for pay raises for your staff if you have them. And if you're solo, it just allows you a little more cushion to live off of. Right. So basically, get out your calculator (laughs) (laughs) and break down. If if you want to hire, if this is a road you want to go down, you need to know your numbers. And so get out the calculator and figure out what you need to be making to for you to live off of, but also to hire staff. And don't check the math that I did off the top of my head with your calculator earlier because it'll it's probably all wrong. But it's basically just we're trying to do some ballpark numbers here on the fly to get an understanding of what some of these things look like and exactly how big of an increase we're talking about. Because when we think about bringing on staff, we do think, okay, there's going to be an increase in expenditure. But what is that? Is that something you can absorb? Is that something that you feel comfortable raising the rates on? And again, like Megan said, this is why small incremental price increases every year are critical to helping the survival of your company and to provide those pay increases for your staff. Not to add on top of this, but if you have employees, (laughs) now you have payroll. (laughs) So where is that pay coming from for your payroll? Well, it's coming from your services. You have to break it out per, per service. How much do I need to earn to pay for payroll to account for the new employee? 
And all of this sounds like so much. We're basically, again, we've only talked about spending money and spending money and spending money. But if you are staring down a barrel look, saying, I cannot meet all of my current obligations and I've got a flood of new people coming in the door. And I want to meet those people. That's the key part here. You want to be able to meet them. Bringing on staff is really one of our only options that we have to do that other than referring out to other people in our area. So these are these are the things that we are considering that we do have to look at and weigh the pros and cons. Is this something that we're up for or or not? Because it's more than just the numbers. It's also the managing and the interpersonal relationships as well. All of those can be managed. All of those can be accounted for. It's whether really, really deciding if we are the ones that are going to be up for that. And that's up to you. And that's perfectly fine. We've seen and heard many people who have decided and looked down this road and gone, you know, that's not for me right now. I can maintain what I'm doing, or I can adjust things a little bit. I can continue to scale down. For those of us who are looking at ways to scale up, these are the considerations that we do have to take into account if that's where we want to go. And in episode 174, Bella Vasta actually talked about this. It was talking about what do you want out of your business? So when it comes to hiring, knowing the how is usually a lot easier than the what. So she talked about how to understand who you are and how to have strong leadership role before you think about hiring. She probably said everything that I said, but just 10 times better. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) And all of this does sound like a lot to take in. And that's why I said before, you know, this past year has been full of ups and downs. And it's really kind of favored the pet care businesses that were established and already had a bunch of employees where, you know, maybe not all of the employees returned after last year, but they didn't have to start from zero. So this whole year is not favoring people that are solopreneurs like us that want to scale up and hire people because we are having to start from zero and not have a team already in place. Exactly. And this is a really tough conversation for us to have. Scale begets scale. Money begets money in business. It's easier to scale when you were already at scale because part of this is that you can have all of the best systems in the world. But if you don't have the scale, rapidly scaling is harder and you need infrastructure. And infrastructure does include the people to be put into your systems. Yeah, they say the first hire is the hardest. You can have the best processes. You can have the best programs in place, the best everything. But if you don't have people filling those positions, none of that's doing you any good. So people who prior to the pandemic had a couple people on staff or maybe a very large staff, whether full-time or part-time, they were able to meet the new demand much faster than people who were starting from zero. Yeah, if you had 30 people on your payroll already, you could reach out to those people immediately when you needed them again, when services started to pick back up and people were taking vacations again. And you could say, okay, we're ready to hire again, ready to bring you back on. Do you want to come back on? And probably most of them said yes. If half of them came back on, okay, great. Well, you were already starting out with a team of 15 people ready to meet the new demand and grow from there. While people who didn't have anybody on staff like us We couldn't just reach out to them because there was nobody to reach out to. They didn't exist. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They didn't have a pre-existing relationship or an understanding or a history with them. And now we're having to turn clients away left and right or being bombarded by people going away. And we're kind of trying to scramble to bring on new sitters. Yeah. I mean, if we just personally for our business, if we had had just two sitters to cover the outer area 
of our service radius right now, we would never have to turn anybody away. Instead, we're having to refer to them and send them to other centers because we just can't handle that capacity. And this is why we are in this process of hiring and why all these thoughts are running through our head. And yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here going, oh my gosh, if we had just started this entire process and had somebody six months ago, maybe just four months ago, we would be in a much different position of being able to handle these things. But that's where we are right now. And that's where many of us are finding ourselves. And that's not bad, right? We, we can't sit here and think about the what-ifs or what could-have-beens in business and in life because that doesn't get you anywhere. There's no benefit of that. What's important is recognizing where we are right now and how that compares to where we want to go and what we want to be doing. And I think that's why you should always be hiring. Always have an ad out so that you can be looking at people who are coming in and have conversations with them instead of going, oh, crud, I'm 200, at 248% capacity. What do I do now? How do I get all this training done and the manuals and how do I hire somebody? And that's advice that we need to take too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're not saying this because we've got this locked and figured out. We're saying this as people who are on the back foot right now and saying, oh, we didn't quite do this right. We need to change something about our processes and about our business. Yeah, so that we are able to meet the demand because there is a big demand right now and we didn't really prepare for that. So do you think that in a few weeks when we start to put our ad out for business that it's going to be tough? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough. I genuinely believe that it is going to take a while to hire somebody. Our whole idea was to have somebody hired by September, but I, I don't think that on top of everything that we've discussed that they're with the interview and the onboarding process that we're going to be able to meet that. So the kind of ad that we're thinking about putting out here is going to say something like Funky Bunch Pet Care is growing and needs your skills. We are seeking a pet sitter or dog walker to join our team to give the highest level of care. Get trained on social media, ad copy administration, and pet care while you work flexible hours with all of the cutest pets. Additional training opportunities and benefits available. Once we put that out there, it's probably going to take a few weeks to collect everything, sort through, see who bubbles to the top. Well, that's assuming we even have people that apply. Yeah, so. Oh, that's kind of my worst nightmare is that we put this out there and nobody applies. <laughs> so let's assume that at least two people have applied. Then we've got to do the interviews, then the onboarding, and then the additional training. The person might actually might actually not start doing services until October. Now, my hope against hope is that it doesn't and it actually is able to find the right person quickly. Again, this is going to take some fine-tuning of the ad copy that we put out there for the job posting and listing and see what kind of connections we have in the area to see if we can fast-track this process. But I think kind of putting this out, worst-case scenario, we're saying, okay, someone's in the field actively doing things in October. That way, when we exceed that, which again, I hope we do, it's going to beat our expectations and we can move faster than we expected. Okay, so what are we looking for in a hire? Yeah, somebody available part-time to, to start with, probably only 10 to 15 hours a week to begin. Someone with local connections who understands our core values. Someone who's a good communicator and willing to learn. Since we're planning on using this person for more than just pet care, they will have to be very well-rounded and be adaptive. This is our first hire ever, so we're all in this together, and adaptive is going to be the name of the game. And I know a question that we have struggled and wrestled with is, do we have the clients first and then bring on the staff, or do we hire and then go and get the clients? 
And since our goal is to hire somebody and to be cross-trained, the first couple things that they're actually going to be doing is working a lot probably in Canva so we can get ahead of our social media posts <laughs> and <laughs> and doing just a lot of writing and possibly moving into blog posts and other things along those lines. They're going to be helping us with marketing in new areas and doing recon of new places as well. Basically presenting it as, hey, this is a dog walker slash administration position where you're going to be involved with helping us lay the foundation for where we grow. So obviously, we're still thinking about this in real time, and we'll keep you posted on how it goes. <laughs> so we'd love to know your thoughts on hiring, how it's gone for you, if it's been a positive process, a negative process, any advice you have for us, <laughs> and what did the pro- process for you been like lately versus last year or previously when you've tried to hire? Any and all advice we'd love to give, we'd love to share, let us know. This week, pet business coach Natasha O'Banion answers the question, how do we empower others? You've, you've said a word several times um, over the course of answering many of these questions, and that's one word has been empower. And we empower through education, but how, do we, how else can we empower those around us? And can, do we only empower our employees or can we empower others in our community? Totally. So you definitely empower your staff, you empower your clients, and you empower the community. So you empower your clients by showing them how the business actually operates, what they can do. Listen, we have an app designed for you. We've taken in your feedback and we're continuing to improve to provide excellence. Now you can go here and here and here and do this and this and this. We naturally benefit because we've showed the client as a leader how they can best survive in this culture with us. And they love it and you love it. Once you've outlined things for the client, then you outline them for the staff. Listen, this is the way that our clients do it. And then this is where you pick up. Okay. So now everybody knows what's going on. And now when the client is happy and the staff knows how to support them, it naturally streams to the community. I love this company. This is what they do for me. They make it so easy. Their process is amazing. Like look at your reviews online. Look at the details that they give you. I love how when I call, they say this. I love looking at the photos. I love reading the reports. I mean, you should use this company because the way they treat me, I know they'll treat you the same. So you see how sales happen without even happening? Providing excellence is an experience. When people ask me, oh, I don't want to feel salesy. Well, if you put sales as an experience and not a price, you provide that amazing experience. The price always comes behind it because the value is what you rolled out. And clients will speak for you and your staff will speak for you. So that's why I always say empower. Nobody wants to be like, hey, Natasha, what's next? Or, hey, Natasha, can you book my appointment for me? Hey, Natasha, I'm going out of town in April. Hey, can you book? Hey, Natasha, my dog uh, doesn't eat food anymore. Can you go ahead and update those notes for me? Hey, Natasha, um, we changed our lockbox code. Do you think you can put in the app for me? Hey, Natasha, I'm at this client's house and looks like things have changed. Do you know what they want? Do you know what they're doing? Can you contact the client for me, Natasha? Right? Nobody really wants that. You don't want it and they don't want it. You see how I kind of said that back to you guys, how it sounds very naggy? Well, in a customer client retention experience, it goes down just like that. It's very naggy for all parties. 
Right. Well, and then they feel like they have to be waiting on you, waiting on these things to happen. And when then you start educating them, again, that leadership comes in, you're educating them, you're giving them the tools to succeed, you're giving them the tools to do things on their own so that it's a much more equal relationship and not so one way, then you're building these tighter connections with them too. And you're showing them that you're listening. Say, hey, Colin, I noticed that you text me at seven and we were closed. I now have offered you an option to where when you need something, you can go ahead and take care of it so you don't have to wait on me. How does that sound? Hey, Natasha, I noticed that when you get to clients' homes, you have an issue looking for their garage code. You know what I've done? I put a process in place for you. So when the client books, we put it in this location so you can find it every single time. How does that work for you? Hey, Natasha, uh, when clients update their notes, I've actually made them put it in the app now versus writing a homegrown note at home. So now if you come or Susie comes or Jeff comes, we actually all have the same notes and we can have full transparency now, no matter who's in their house. Does that work out for you? Right. And clients are like, cool. I like it. And walkers and sitters are like, I love it. Thank you for putting it in for me. You saw my pain points. You saw where I was having an issue. You saw that I contact you about the same thing over and over and over. And you know what? You did something. Wow. Leadership. You know, you got to listen. And then if you're going to listen, do something after you listen. If you'd like Natasha to be your personal pet business coach, head on over to Start Scale Sale and use the promo code PSC20 for 15% off her coaching services. Thank you so much to our sponsor for today's episode, Petzers Associates, and for our Patreon members for supporting us every month for the price of a cup of coffee. If you're interested in learning more about that, you can go to petsitterconfessional.com forward slash support. We also thank you for taking your most valuable asset, your time, and listening to us today. We appreciate it more than you know. And thank you so much for sharing and for always listening. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. 